carbohydrates are healthy. What's not healthy is the level at which we're consuming them, which the body, it doesn't care anymore what form of sugar came in. It's going to convert it all now into glucose or glycogen. And that's what creates that inflammation that wreaks havoc on all parts of our health, brain health, gut health, mental health, heart health. All of those things are impacted. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Everybody, I am Danette May and I'm here with Shalene Johnson and we are so excited to be connected with you today and just have a really open and candid conversation. I used to watch you when I knew they're underneath like the fitness, there was so much more because it was like, how did she get to that? There was a deeper <laughs> reason that she was in the forefront of the fitness space because you don't just become the forefront of the fitness space. There's got to be so much more grit and so much why and passion underneath that and also business savvy. So I'm super excited to just have this conversation with you. And I Me think too. what our intention really is, is that we really want to open ourselves up in vulnerability and just really share. Because like Shalene said, she likes to just share anything. She'll share with you anything. And she's an, like anything that's worked for her, she'll share openly. And I feel the same way. And I think what we really want people to know is it doesn't matter where you're at on this journey. We're all just here to learn together. And we hope that we can share some information with you so that you can rise up, whether that's in business or your health or whatever dreams beating in your heart. So yeah. I'm excited. So I have, I'm going to ask you a question really quick because I'm going to just kind of ask you the things that I think other people want to ask you. So Shalene, like what were you dreaming about and feeling like you wanted to step into when you were in your 20s? I wanted to be successful at anything, like anything. I had so many interests that I felt like, oh, any of these things could be it. And I kept doing things just long enough to realize I wasn't going to be the best or it wasn't working, which is usually like two weeks. And then I'd be like, okay, different idea. Cause I had a lot of ideas. What I didn't have was focus. So literally in my twenties, I knew no matter what, I wasn't going to sacrifice time with my kids. So we were just starting a family and no matter what I did, I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to honor them first. But I was working as a paralegal. I was teaching fitness classes in the evening. I was doing personal training before work. I was still trying to make different businesses pop. I was trying to do little summer. I was trying to do a million and one things <laughs> and always wondering, like, this should be working. Like, all, this person's successful doing it. Why aren't I successful? And then I, I, but I would just pop around and do a million different things until I really recognized the one skill I needed to develop because I didn't have fear of failing. No fear of failing. Just bring it on. Let me fail fast. But I didn't know how to stick to anything. Wow. So you were like a serial entrepreneur always. Serial like, everything. Like I just, I, you know, <laughs> growing up, my parents let me take piano lessons or horseback or art lessons. But I did everything for like two weeks. And then I'd be like, okay. Oh, that girl's good at gymnastics. I, went to, I, I didn't know how to finish anything. And that in and of itself is a habit, just quitting, or as I like to call it, not quitting, jumping, jumping mm -hmm. to the next thing without ever finishing. 
Wow. So cool. Wow. Okay. I love that. I'm going to kind of piggyback off that question because I believe that we all have what I call our refiners moments. And these are the molding. These are the fire, the heat in our lives that really gets us maybe into you like more clarity, more focus. What was your refiners moment? And I know we have multiple in our lives, but what would you call yours that really got you onto the path that you feel you're on now? That's a really good question, Jeanette. Thank you for asking. I have heard, as I'm sure you have, so many speakers share that defining moment for them. I don't believe that we know it when we're in it. Oh, totally. (laughs) But I knew it afterwards. Totally. Mine is really very, it's not like a tragic car accident. I was in my car listening to a shock jock DJ who I didn't like. It was just like on the radio because my husband had been listening to that person. And he was telling the story about how he had been fired from his job at the radio station and that he decided to take out a full page ad listing all of his experience, you know, that he had worked in marketing and sales and copywriting and advertising. And he'd been a DJ and he'd been a music DJ and he'd been a talk DJ. And he'd listed like all of these and plus his background that didn't necessarily relate to radio. And he wrote, took out this full page ad for himself, for someone to hire him. And he said, he got lots of offers, but there was one letter that came to him in an envelope with one word at the center of an eight by 11 piece of paper folded into threes. And it just said one word with a period, focus. And I was like, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's, that sums it up. Wow. Dude, I need to focus. I just need to, I love all these things, but mainly I love helping people. So why don't I just focus on the thing that I think can make the biggest impact? And I don't have to be, because I, I think a lot of people fear that they're waiting for their purpose. And if I choose wrong, then I'm going to be stuck doing this thing all my life or I will have made the wrong decision. It will impact the rest of my life into eternity. And the truth is we have many purposes. I think that we have purposes that we have to step into. They aren't our own. They often relate to terrible, tragic, difficult times that we've been through. And there's really no other way to explain some of the horrible things like losing a child. How, How do you explain that happening to someone except for the fact that there's purpose in it. And so I think that if we let go of our fear of picking the wrong thing and we just do it, just, just give yourself permission to do it for a little while. You can help so many people and feel free from the burden of picking the wrong thing. Totally. I totally agree. I love that. Well, how old were you when you heard that in your car? So so I was probably like 29, 29. So yeah. And you were just, that's when it kind of like, okay, I'm getting focused. It's time yeah, to go. It's like, it really set in like why everything was such a mess. Mm-hmm. And I was working an inordinate number of hours. I just, you know, I mean, I was successful. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I was doing more than everybody else, but I was exhausted. So it didn't feel like success. I call it stressed success. And so for you, I'm curious, Danette, did, when we talk about like having this vision for your life or a purpose for your life, When did it shift into health and fitness for you? You know, actually, it always had been health and fitness for me, except because I was raised with all brothers. I had a very overweight mother growing up. And so I saw that polarity of my mom never 
going even for a walk. She never rode a bike, never did one push up in her life. And I watched these four active brothers and my dad going off and doing all this stuff. And I wanted to be a part of that. And I could just see that polarity. And, and I remember I was younger and I saw this picture, we were going through old photos and there was this woman standing on the beach in this bikini like rocking this bikini body. And I was like, who is this? And my mom like sheepishly was like, that's me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how do you go from that to what you are right now? Like, and I was really curious about that. And it got me into the fitness world. The situation with me in my early twenties is I was in fitness, but I was like following all the fad stuff. I didn't, I was like learning about, even in college, I went into nutrition and fitness, but they were teaching us about skim milk and low fat foods and I was doing all and like reduced fat wheat thins and all these things. And I was teaching my clients this. So I've always been involved in fitness, but it really took my rock bottom. It really took shaking me up, putting me into depression, losing my son and going through divorce that I was like, these reduced fat wheat thins are not waking me up. You know, yeah. like I'm feeling like I'm in a whole new space I've never been. And so that's when I really started to dive into holistic and superfoods and what's going to help with the brain fog, what's going to help with the depression, what's going to help me feel good in my skin and my life and my spirit. And so that's where everything actually shifted for me. It's so interesting because when we think about suffering a tragic loss like that, the loss of a child, something that no one should ever have to experience, I don't think many people would connect that to nutrition and exercise, the healing, part of the healing process. So how and when did you realize that that could help you heal? Well, I actually remember the moment kind of like you in the car. And it's a kind of one of those moments. And I think aha moments are fascinating, like yours in the car is that and I think what we any listener listening, I would love you to like look back on those aha moments, like take time to reflect because they don't have to be huge. They don't have to be this right big moment. (laughs) It's just comment on the radio. Yeah. And they're in your cells. So I remember being in my home for about three months, I could hardly buy a loaf of bread because I was in this weird depression uh, that I didn't even really know what it was because I hadn't dealt with depression before after losing my son. I just didn't want to see anyone. I had all, you know, you have, you have all the baby weight and you're uncomfortable and your milk's struggling to come in. You're trying to stop your milk. And so But I kept my spirit kept going, go for a walk, go for a walk. And it was very difficult to even get myself to go for a walk. And I was a very active person. So it was a very different world to be in. And I remember one day, okay, I just got to get my shoes on and lace them up. I'm just going to go around the block. And I finally got the shoes on. I went outside and I'm like walking. And it was one of those moments where everything I, I remember, actually, the homes on the side of the house, like the road. I remember the cracks in the sidewalks. And every time I kept moving my body forward, like my heart was like everything started cracking open. And it was just this really profound moment of movement is what's going to heal you. Of course, I had always heard that, but it was so in my cells that when you just get around the block every day, it's going to heal your heart, heal your heart. So that was a really big moment that I was like, this stuff is real. Like movement is going to heal me. It's not about fitting into those genes. It's about opening up my spirit and tapping into the health of me and the happiness of me. And so that's where everything started to shift. And then it moved into foods and then it moved into mindset. I think so many of us are in the same boat, you know, so even people who are in our industry, people who are, or not even in the industry, but very aware of health and fitness. We tend to take our cues from media, 
from other experts, right? And before the internet, we, we were really at the mercy of the experts who had platforms that we could learn from. So I too, like you, just thought, you know, eating clean meant eating as few calories as not eating fried food, eating <laughs> as few calories as possible. If it came in a little bag and said high in protein, low in fat, I bought it and tried it and lived on it. I had no care or concern whether there were fake ingredients. I didn't think that mattered. I thought the only thing that mattered was low calorie and low fat. And, you know, as a health and fitness professional, I eventually did end up getting a program that I launched in, into health clubs that was in 60 countries worldwide. That turned into an infomercial. And then that infomercial eventually turned into a certification for fitness instructors. And I just remember thinking, like, how did I end up here? I didn't study health and fitness. What am I doing? I guess I better learn as much as possible about nutrition. And the way that I learned wasn't by looking at the science. It was just by listening to what other reputable health professionals were saying. And then I had my own health scare. I, I was just about five years ago really struggling with my, my personality felt like it was changing. Like I couldn't concentrate. I'm a ha always 99% of the time I'm happy. I'm, I'm even like, I'm not highs and lows. I'm very even. I love people, but something started changing where I couldn't focus at all. If there was any sounds, noise, someone, my husband chewing in the other room too loudly, like how dare he, oh. you know, just like anything would set me off. And I'd be in a really bad mood because it would take me another like half hour to figure out, okay, where was I? What was I thinking? What was I saying? What was I writing? What was I doing? And I was talking to my friend, Dr. Amen, about adult ADD. I was joking about it. He goes, no, it's a real thing. You should come in and have your brain scanned. So I went into my brain scan thinking that I might see some signs of ADD. But when I got my results back and I did a nutrition panel, I sat across the table from this renowned neurologist and he said, I know you think you're healthy, but you're not. So I have to ask you guys, can I share something a little vulnerable with you? You probably know by now that I'm a health expert, fitness professional, that I've coached thousands of people to living a healthier life. But the truth is sometimes I don't get enough vegetables and greens in my day. Yeah, I even struggle with this, you guys. And I know the power of superfoods with greens and micronutrients. But here's the deal. I live a busy life just like you and not all the time do I want to eat a big salad with wheatgrass in it and micronutrients and probiotics and all the things that actually are really great for my body. But most green juices on the market are disgusting. They literally taste like licking the bottom of a lawnmower, let alone getting my kids to drink it is just not going to happen. So I set out to try to make the best green juice on the market. One that's packed with actually all the nutrients. It's not watered down. It's organic, has all your trace minerals, it has your probiotic and all your superfood greens like spirulina, wheatgrass, all your fruits and vegetables in one serving. But the biggest key here is it needed to taste amazing. And I'm so happy to tell you, we created Island Bliss. And the reason it is called Island Bliss is because it tastes like you're sipping an Island Bliss drink on a beach. I'm not even joking. This tastes like orange dreamsicle. It is so delicious, but it has all of your vegetables, all of your fruit servings, your probiotics, your superfoods, and your trace minerals in one serving. 
It tastes so good. Kids will drink it just with water. I throw it in just plain water and ice. I sometimes throw it in my smoothies. It is super simple, super delicious. And right now for all of you, this is a one-time order here. What you can do is you can get your Island Bliss by going to earthechofoods.com. So like I said, go to earthechofoods, E-A-R-T-H, echo, E-C-H-O, foods.com and use the code MANIFESTABLE, MANIFESTABLE for 15% off your order at checkout. This is a huge discount. Trust me, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely be amazed at the taste. You're going to get all of your superfoods in. Now I don't miss a beat. I take this traveling with me everywhere. It is so delicious. I actually find that it helps me not snack on sugary things because it is kind of naturally sweet. It's so good. So it actually helps me with my health goals. So I promise you, your body's going to thank me. So go ahead and go to earthechofoods.com. At the checkout, use the word manifestable, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, manifestable for 15% off your order at checkout. I love you guys. Well, and he pointed at my results and I was like, and he's like, we have to make some major changes. There's some kind of toxicity happening in your brain. Your brain is about 20 years older than your chronological age. Here's all the areas where you're not getting blood flow. And I'm like, what? Sure. And then we looked at my nutrition panel and it was like deficient in everything. I was like, can you go back and see if those are actually my results? I just didn't believe it. And that sparked confusion and frustration. And it boiled down to me figuring out that what was at the root cause of everything was leaky gut. Understanding that because of the artificial foods, because of the high stress, because of the over exercise at too high of intensities, because of the lack of sleep, years and years of four and five hours of sleep, what I'd done is created low-grade systemic inflammation in my body and the result of which created gaps in my gut, which 80% of the population, it's estimated, is suffering from leaky gut from a number of things, not just fake foods, but our exposure to glyphosate and stress and environmental toxins. But because of that, the foods I was eating weren't absorbing. Absorbed. <laughs> and because of that, it affects everything. It affects mood. It affects weight gain and hair and hormones and ability to concentrate and brain function. Everything, like every autoimmune disease. I'm like, all right, so now how do I fix this? And yeah. that wasn't easy. So for me, you know, once I figure things out, I, I have to share what I've learned, number one. And I'm sure, Jeanette, like yourself, I also feel, I almost want to say a sense of guilt because of the, and I'm not letting myself off the hook, but like, you know, we only knew what we knew. Yeah. But like a lot of the diet tips and a lot of the things that I was preaching and teaching as being healthy were the exact opposite. So I feel like I have a, a moral obligation to set the story straight. Oh my gosh. What I heard when you just shared that, and thank you for sharing, because I did not know this, how powerful to live this healthy lifestyle and be almost the cover child of healthy lifestyle and have this happen to you to be like, but what I heard you say, which if anyone's listening, I hope you heard this, what she said, it wasn't because she wasn't eating the right foods. It wasn't because of she was, it was a lack of exercise. It was because of lack of sleep, stress, too much pressure, probably of all the drives she'd been doing yeah. to create. So it's like, so I always tell people, I'm like, I don't care if you eat. There's people that eat donuts that are healthier than some people that are massively stressed out. So true. And we don't, and we unfortunately we do. Unfortunately, we def- 
define or we set our sights for health based on physical representations. Like every time you open up Instagram, you're like, well, I should be doing more because I don't look like that in my underwear, you know? <laughs> and so you, you feel like, okay, well, that, you just don't know. And here's something I want to share, very frankly, is when I sat across the desk from Dr. Amen and got that diagnosis, I had a number one fitness infomercial and I was leaner than I'd ever been in my life and more unhealthy. Wow. I literally, I didn't realize that everything I was doing was leading to, it was shortening my life. And the wow. thought of my kids having to like take care of my hygiene long before they should have to <laughs> was just like, uh-uh, I can't do this. I have to change. So let's talk about this change because I think everybody's like, okay, Shalene, can you tell me like four things you did to start shifting this pattern? Because you probably still ate healthy because you were eating healthy, but you just needed it to absorb in the system. But did you change anything specific in food? I, I imagine you did some lifestyle stuff more than anything. I want to hear it. I just have to be honest in that I don't, I don't like sleeping. I didn't like going to bed early. I'd rather do, do, do. I didn't like having to think about minimizing the pounding workouts. I didn't want to do all that because I felt like I got here doing this. If I change it, I'm going to lose my edge. Oh, that's that's deep. That's deep right there. I'm going to lose my edge. So was it a deep underlayer of I got to keep driving to show up in my worth in this world? Was it a deep, what was that drive from? Because I'm curious, because that when you just said I was afraid to lose my edge, to me, that's a huge statement. Yeah. For me, it was food and exercise were the only way I was able to avoid dieting. I didn't want to diet. So the only way I knew to manage my weight was because, you know, I come from a family where you look around and everyone is obese, the exception of my sister and a few others. But I just felt like, God, if I don't keep exercising, and at this point, what had happened is I'd so destroyed my metabolism because I was trying to out-exercise my genes uh, and not paying attention to what I was eating, just making sure it was like the less calories I ate, the fewer calories I got to eat. The more I exercised, the more I had to exercise. So when I got this diagnosis, I was probably three hours a day, easily, oh, of exercise. Uh, very few calories. So someone saying to you, hey, I know you've got a number one infomercial. I know you already feel like you're an imposter and you don't belong here. Now what we need you to do is to eat more, exercise less, and sleep more. And I'm like, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, well, it's over in my mind. But I didn't care. I was like, you know what? My health is more important. I can't care. I have to decide what matters more to me, my health or how I photograph on Instagram or, or being a health and fitness professional who's a fraud. And so I really said, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And literally the first thing I had to do was change, literally change what I was eating because so much of what I was eating was fake food. You know, it was high protein, low fat, prepackaged shakes, prepackaged no, on farms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't superfoods. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, I know I would like make fun of people who are like, eh, I like superfood, schmooper foods. Look at me. I look great. <laughs> superfoods. Open up a protein bar. You know, I just, like, oh, okay. I just never want to hear it. I was like, la, 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 la. And it seemed very confusing and overwhelming. And so I just didn't want to hear it. And I thought it can't be that big of a deal. Look, I look great. You know, I, I didn't realize that is not how we measure health. 
Wow, you guys. So this is really good because we watch these shows like Biggest Loser and we see them like work out for hours, which I'm like, I've known for the longest time, like that is just so bad. <laughs> like I'm like, it's not realistic for one. And it's not actually healthy. Like, like Shaleen's saying, it's actually not healthy for you. And we're not saying not to exercise because absolutely exercise is so powerful for your emotional health. But when it's becomes anything good can become extreme and not good right? Like anything good, actually, like I could eat too much cacao all day long, and it's actually not good for me. But That's cacao right. in small amounts is a huge superfood as well as other foods. So I love what you're saying. So you had to bring down the workouts, which three hours, I was like, wow, okay, so yeah. you brought those down to how long half an hour? No, like an hour, um, yeah. most days, but but not different, though, where now I'll do in an hour, I'll do some maybe steady state cardio, maybe a, a short hit workout, mainly strength yeah. and flexibility, you know, but I, I give myself as much time as I need to also de-stress. So it used to be, it was like, okay, how many miles can I run? And when I'm done with that, I better jump on the elliptical. It was like cardio, 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 some weights too. But then later on today, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a kickboxing workout. And then later today, I'm going to do strength training. And it was just, everything was like, if I'm not dead, if I, I, if I haven't destroyed myself, then I'm going to gain weight. I got to go harder. I got to go longer. And what I've learned now is like, I should, this should be a real treat. This should be enjoyable. And if it takes an hour and a half because I want to mess around in between my sets or like lay on my foam roller, I take whatever time it needs. It's not a, it doesn't feel frenzied the way it once did. Didn't I, like, so I knew nothing about superfoods. I really didn't. I didn't care to. And that was just five years ago. Now today I'm helping people who also struggle to figure that out understand how to do that in stages. It's not an all or nothing thing, you know, and I love teaching people how to get on the on-ramp and we don't have to go 110 miles per hour. Better is oftentimes an ideal plan versus like best. And so that was my situation. But when you suffered this incredible loss and a divorce at the same time, were you already in tune with superfoods and how eating that way could help you emotionally, mentally? Well, I would say that I've always been fascinated by foods and like really food being medicine. So that's always like I'm the girl that will read those books at night instead of other books. I read about foods and where they came from in different parts of the world. And what is what did the indigenous tribes think of them and how did they use them? Like that stuff fascinates me. And it already always had been in me. But when I went to college, you learn about fat free and you learn all the different things that you are not actually true. <laughs> I hate to say it college, but nutrition in college, not so bueno. So that's when I started to dive into alternative forms of healing and alternative nutrition on my own. Really. I never took any courses. I just literally read books and books every day. So it was kind of giving myself permission to actually go get those superfoods, play around with them. And I didn't have a lot of money at the time. So I would do like five ingredient superfoods and combine them together. Instead of 14, when you read recipes, you're like, oh, this is going to take me a while. And there's 14 ingredients and that's a lot of money. So I would just play around with five and found that my kids were eating it. And I was just really seeing the health benefits within myself and then researching more about what did the indigenous people think of it as well. And, um, and you know, there are a lot of superfoods you'll hear out in the industry, you know, this is the best superfood or this or this. And it's really not that. I think that every, like all food can be medicine and all food 
there's mo- there's more superfoods than there's not actually mm-hmm. a lot of people like to think that there's only three or five superfoods in the world that are best but I actually don't buy into that so I've always been into it and it's just been something that keeps getting more passionate within me because I'm watching like my whole world explode because of superfoods obviously five years going from 47 dollars to this eight-figure business I really attribute a lot of the superfoods to that mm-hmm. and my mindset work which I know people are like Wait a minute, really? Like, so what, I I eat kale and I'm going to make eight figures? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it because I was, oh, just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> like, you know, really. But I, I think what I've learned, because I, I think we're probably representative of everyone in our audience, you know, you having already had that mindset, me having to come around to it, is that I can, you know, the more research I, I do and the more I look at gut health and the more we learn about gut health and we recognize like, we are a pretty sensitive, intricate machine. And to feed ourselves foods, it's great to have superfoods. But I think what we really also have to think about is what about the foods I'm eating that aren't superfoods? What impact are they having on my overall health? Totally. And to realize that so 80% of our hormones are made in the gut. That means our mood, our energy, our hunger hormones, our sex hormones, like so many of our hormones start by that balance starts by what we're putting in. And also the good foods that we're putting in, we're diminishing their potential by eating foods that our body, we recognize it on the shelf because we've seen it before and we've eaten it before, but our bodies don't recognize it. So it's causing this low grade inflammation. So for the person who's watching Danette, what would you tell them? Like, okay, I'm eating some superfoods because I'm thinking this probably the average person. I'm eating some superfoods. I don't know everything that I'm eating that I shouldn't be eating. Where do I start? It seems so overwhelming. With this new information every week, like, oh, go keto, go dairy-free. You've got to have dairy. You know, all these, eat kale. No, don't eat kale. It's hard on your gut. Like, there's so (laughs) much conflict. Coconut oil could kill you. Have more coconut oil. Like, where do you start? Totally. And I, I want to I wanna ask that question back to you as soon as I get done sharing, because I want to make things simple. I think Shalene and I share that in common, like how as simple as I can make it, because I think people like to make things complex, so then they don't have to do anything about it. And that's just a self-sabotage reason. And it's just how we're wired is to make things overly complex. But for me, um, let me just say the things that I would remove from your kitchen right now that are just not going to aid in any gut health that I think are really simple. And let me tell you why I think I'm simple, because I'm going to say one of them and people are going to gasp. But I'm going to say like wheat and white flour. That to me, you know, we heard about wheat being really healthy and eat wheat bread for the longest time. But with more research, we're finding that they actually to generate tons of wheat that we want to buy on the shelves, they altered the wheat germ. And what that has done is created a toxic response in our cells, created a lot of inflammation in our gut and our organs, which has now found to be problems with ADD and ADHD and anxiety and all these different things. And people want to go, I'm gluten-free or whatnot. I just say, you don't have to get rid of your pastries because believe me, girl, I love my cinnamon rolls. I love muffins. I have waffles every single week. It's just taking that wheat and white flour. Do not buy it anymore. And buy like, you can do combinations. There's some really good gluten-free flours out there that you can just buy and you don't notice the difference. So it might be almond flour, a little bit with coconut flour if you're kind of a baker and you like to mix and match and you're good at that. Or you can just go buy the healthy gluten-free flour, which is just one-to-one. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's one of the biggest ones because you will notice a difference in your anxiety. You will notice a difference in just overall gut health with just that mm-hmm. one thing. And you can still have your bread. Trust me. The other thing that I would suggest to just remove from your kitchen is canola and vegetable oil. That is so toxic. And we hear on TV commercials, this is healthy. This is so much healthier. And do not listen to TV. I know it gets so confusing, but what happens in vegetable canola oil, they, to make and process it, it gets heated up, which makes it rancid, which makes it toxic in the system, which anytime you add a toxicity into your system, inflammation has to go on overload to protect your organs so that you're not like, hurting your organs. Your body's smart. It's like, ah, let's build a barrier. And usually yeah. you're building fat cells because it's trying to protect your organs. So I would get rid of that. And I would just eat like avocados, raw nuts. Um, you don't have to go overboard on the coconut oil. I know a lot of people are in love with the coconut oil now, but like I said, anything good too much can be too much. So just find some healthier alternative fats. I just shared some with you right there. And then the other one, the last one. So these are, I'm going to give you three is white sugar, (laughs) white sugar to me. Like my kids know this, like I literally, if they eat white sugar, it's like them smoking a cigarette in my mind. And I just look at it. I've read so much stuff on white sugar that I it to me, and it's not to where I'm like, they can't ever have it, but I've definitely been very, and diligent to share with them, which I would share with anyone, the toxicity of it, the way it transpires in the body and on the skin is more toxic than smoking. Um, it's very more addictive. Yes, it's very addictive. problematic. And it doesn't mean we can't have sweets. It just means let's find another alternative for our sweets. 100% maple syrup, raw honey, coconut sugar. Be really like diligent just to replace that because you will notice a difference massively just in your psyche, your brain fog, your cravings, all of it. So those are the three things that I would eliminate. <laughs> I would I would agree with those things. I think if we're offering tips to people, one thing I would also recommend is to download an app where you can just track because most people have no idea, really, you're myself included. Even people who are very aware of what they're putting in their bodies may not know how much of certain things are having, for example, sugar or or even carbohydrates, which event your body isn't, our bodies weren't meant to have the amount. Like I always say, there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are healthy. What's not healthy is the level at which we're consuming them, which the body, it doesn't care anymore whether what form of sugar came in. It's going to convert it all now into glucose or glycogen. And that's what creates that inflammation that wreaks havoc on all parts of our health, brain health, gut health, mental health, heart health. All of those things are impacted. And I didn't I didn't realize how much I was consuming. I, an app I would like to recommend is maybe you have one too, Danette. I, I like MyFitnessPal. It's easy. It's got a huge database. Mm. So you can literally scan food at every any restaurant you can eat at. It comes up. And just track for a week just to see like what's going on. Because, you know, that's the first step, I think, is self-awareness. Mm, I and love- I wonder if I had was tracking what I was eating, if I would have been just a little bit more aware. Um, I was always kind of looking at my macros and that'll give you a good sense of your macros. But, you know, so when I would hear things like, okay, eliminate wheat or eliminate flour, I'd be like, 
well, I'm not cooking with flour and weeds, so I'm fine. You know, I didn't realize that it's in our crackers. It's in our breads. It's in our cereals. It's in our chips. It's in our muffins. It's in our pizza doughs. It's in, it's in everything. And that there are, when Danette said, you can still have all of those things, what she means by that, I think, is that <laughs> there are alternatives because there are a lot of companies now devoted totally to, to providing a a healthier version of say for example like chips made out of cassava flour totally. there are so many alternatives but ultimately you've got to be aware of how many carbohydrates you're consuming because all of that converts in the body eventually says well we don't have anything to do with this but to store it we become sugar burners mm-hmm. and i think that's really what i know so many of the people that i work with don't realize like they're having heart healthy cereal in the morning with whole milk. I'm not even doing skim milk. I'm doing whole milk and I'm doing heart healthy. And it says heart healthy, so it's yes. heart healthy. <laughs> yes, it's got to be healthy for me. And that just, even without putting sugar on, no sugar added, that serving is the equivalent of six Krispy Kreme donuts, which oh. you, would, you would flip out if you knew a friend was serving their child Krispy Kreme, six Krispy Kreme donuts for <laughs> breakfast. But if you heard they were serving them, you know, heart healthy cereal, you'd be like, oh, that's good, you know? So it's, but it's really like understanding how we're marketed to. And if I could make this as simple as possible, because I know we're coming up on time. My simplistic way of looking at this is try to eat as whole and as natural as possible and pay attention to what doesn't sit well with you. Because especially when you have leaky gut, you know, you really have to pay attention to your digestive habits and what's going on. And, you know, we weren't meant to feel gassy or to have gas or to be as irregular as so many people just think, well, this is this is just my age or whatever. It's just me. We weren't meant to to operate that way. So if you eat as whole as possible and eat, don't eat less, but maybe eating less often. So the body has the ability to burn through our stored nutrients. Mm, I love that. And I I love talking all about food, but I'm going to kind of be selfish for a minute because I want to hear and I you talked a little bit about stress and that being a big component. And so I imagine you have some tools that you've adopted to really balance that if you're a driver like Shaleen and I'm a driver, but I can tell that Shaleen might be a little bit more. Yeah, you're, you're a bigger driver than me. I'm kind of a lady of leisure a little. I'm a driver for sure. But I um, am fascinating when someone is that much where I don't need sleep and I can do this. Like, what are those tools you take on to really get you to that next level in your life? I believe yeah. you're spiritual and evolution level, but also just to keep your day really where you want it to be in the peace zone. Well, you know, I often hear people say to start with mindset, which is certainly key, but no matter how badly mentally you want it, it doesn't happen unless you change your habits. So for me, it was starting by saying, okay, I want to identify as someone who's healthy. I want to identify myself as someone who, when people are around me, they feel peaceful. That was my word. And so what are the habits of people who have those traits? And then how can I develop those habits? And it really boils down to me, like figuring out studying habits, like, okay, here's the habit I want. And I can't just force myself to do it. I need to figure out how can I make this habit something that becomes mindless, where I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just happening. The habit of going to bed much earlier, the habit of waking up, later, the habit of starting my morning a certain way that helps me to feel 
more relaxed and calm. The habit of drinking water. So when this happened, Danette, I was drinking, I would go through every Carl's Jr. in Southern California, probably twice a day, maybe three times a day to get a Diet Coke. I'm mind blown right now. I'm mind blown. (laughs) Because I'm like, it's zero calories. How could Diet Coke be bad for you? Like literally, even though I knew and I was I was a little ashamed of it, like because I, I didn't want it was something I didn't want to brag about. But I'm like, it's, you know, come on, it's Diet Coke. How back, could it be the back alley of the drive through. So I would I would drink like gallons of Diet Coke a day. Literally. And I was fully addicted. So even when I started making these changes, I I was like, okay, it's, it's zero calories, but it is all chemicals. So how do I wean myself off of this? How do I develop the habit of water? I don't like water. That was my mindset. I don't like water. I don't like drinking it. Driving through the drive-through to get that, you know, like take that first, it was like a, I mean, it was like a drug addict. I was like, and I would just feel this like wave of like, ah. Oh. Gosh, I'm dying. <laughs> and I, I was like so addicted to Diet Coke, but it was it, it wasn't the Diet Coke. It was that that act. And so I had to replace that habit. I had to figure out like, how can I replace this habit instead of just forcing myself to make these changes? Here's the deal. Your environment has to be set up as such that your habits are really easy so that you don't have to rely on discipline and motivation because that runs out. And eventually, if it's really easy, if I had Diet Coke in my home, I would drink Diet Coke. I think I told you we had a a sad situation last night. And I said to my husband, I go, if there was Diet Coke here right now, I'd be drinking Diet Coke. I I want a Diet Coke right now. Look, that was like a fix for me. Now I drink three of these a day. So 75 ounces of water every day. Wow. You guys, I love that she's saying this. And I know that you actually had, I think I saw you, you had this like program on water and like what you can do to like enhance your ability to drink water. And I know a lot of people could benefit from that because people like water. What I do is I put a big fancy pitcher on my counter mm-hmm. and I like to fill it with different things like mint and blueberry, or I'll do lemon and cucumber. Cause it feels like I'm in a spa and then I want to drink yes. and I keep filling up my water bottle. And it's just this constant reminder. So, and I bless it because we all know that blessing it will totally changes the chemical makeup of it. But I do want to say if any of you guys have this, like pop soda addiction it is a real real thing because of the artificial sweeteners in it it actually acts like a chemical and spikes your desire for more so that sweet and low or aspartame or I don't know the different names for them but they the people put them in their coffees too thinking it's Mm -hmm. zero calorie but it actually sparks this desire for more and craving for more it like alters the brain so be aware that you're not alone in that and it is actually a very addictive substance because it is zero zero calories (laughs) it's made with that stuff but one really one quick question I know we're done but I want to ask what is one because you said you have a morning ritual now what is one thing you do in the morning to set yourself up for peace? Starting the night before. So okay. I, I prepare my morning the night before. I think that's really important. I, I fill up three water bottles the night before, all three of them, because they stay cold for, you know, 24 hours. So I fill up three and I put them on my counter. Now I don't have to like figure out how much have I had today. When those three are done, then my day is done. I fill up three the night before. Every day I write out my plan on paper it's- and I lay it across <laughs> my sink. Nice. Because if I don't, I don't know when I'm going to get to it. If I lay it across my sink, I don't allow myself to brush my teeth. So I hooked it to another habit. 
Mm, so, the, the, you know, brushing my teeth is, is mindless for everybody. So yeah. if I lay this across my sink, I can't brush my teeth without first looking at my day. I micro journal my gratitude. And so I write that down. And then the first hour of my day, I ne- actually the first several hours of my day until 11 or 12, I do not open email and I do not open social media. I don't look at social media. I might post something, but I do not look at messages. I don't look at other people's content. I start my day with something that grows my mind. And 90% of the time, that's an audible book. Nice. I love that. That's so practical and not hard. I love that. I think so. I love it. It makes me, I can't wait to wake up and because I pick out my, my audio book the night before. So I, I'm going to bed going, oh, I cannot wait to hear the next chapter or whatever it is. Nice. So it, it wakes me up quickly and it starts my day with growth as opposed to comparison. Nice. Growth over comparison. I love that. Love that. How so, about you? What does your morning look like? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say it's like all always systematic. I'm either traveling and I do have kids that are home and my youngest, if she feels my energy out in the family room, she's crawling in my lap, which I cherish because it's not going to last forever. But for me, I do one thing that's called soul writing every single morning. And some mornings are delicious and I get more time than other mornings, but I try to get up around 5.30 so that I can do my soul writing. And really all that is, is I start with gratitude and then I just ask like my soul, what would you have me know today? And I have to tell you a lot of my business ideas, like some of the very biggest things that have taken our business to the next level came from soul writing, of just writing down whatever came up. And it's, some of it seems crazy, And sometimes I get information about my kids and they're like, how did you know? It's really a beautiful, beautiful practice that I just let the quiet in. I let whatever come out, come out, because I really believe we have this higher intuition within all of us. And I want to tap into that. Like, what does that higher intuition know that my consciousness isn't tapped into right now? And so this in one journal. Yep. One journal. And do you give yourself a length that you want to write or a length of time? No, I, I or should I ask your daughter? Yeah, I have to I have to give myself that grace because I probably would get frustrated. I'm the type if I set 15 minutes and if my daughter came in at five minute mark, I would be like ticked. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm not then I'm guilty because I'm not treating her nice or whatever. She just yeah. walked, it woke up. So for me, it's whatever time I have. I use to the fullest. So usually now, you know, and that's why I want to give grace to any young moms out there because you have to just say, I'm going to write until I have to stop. But I do give my, I do own that I get up at 5.30, which gives my odds a little higher to give myself some time. Give my, I really ideally like 30 minutes, just sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's up at 5.35. <laughs> so that's just how it is. Yeah, the best way to de-stress is if you have children is you're going to have to get rid of them. <laughs> they are very they're very stressful they're messy they um they, they require a lot of attention and that is stressful but it's a blessing yeah totally oh it's been so fun to like talk with you and to get to know you better i know i learned tons so thank you so much for this conversation and i hope everyone listening got so much value out of this so thank you everyone it's been wonderful danette thank you so much for being here and sharing your vulnerability and your story there's so much inspiration there i just am really encouraged that everybody can make just simple changes just like one percent better and and to to realize that you do have so much potential and you're going to feel it and believe it when you're giving yourself you're caring for this this thing that we have this body your brain your health it's so much more important than how we look on instagram 
really your nutrition and how you treat your body is how the universe is going to give back to you and how we take care of the people that we care about the most. Yes. Thank you so much. I love that. And I echo all of that. We love you guys so much. Have an amazing day today. And until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.